All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 38 of the Kill Your Internet podcast. With you, as always, is your boy, Colin. To my left, we got Mr. Ken Bianco. What's up, nerds? And uh, to my right, we got Mr. Roast Malone in the building. Roasty boy, how we doing? Call me a fucking nerd. <laughs> no, the, the people listening are nerds. Oh, they're all nerds, yeah. Uh, well, I am a nerd, so what do you... <laughs> big fact. Story you didn't call me <laughs> big fact. Uh, yeah, so good to have the gear car together today. Uh, boys, can you believe it's already 38? I know we said, can you believe it's only 36 last week? So I'm just going to keep getting dumbfounded higher and higher the numbers go. Uh, next week, we're on episode 40. And then by the end of the year, I hope to be over 100. So yeah, we're, we're, we're doing things. We're making moves. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we out here. During the 40th, we should get hurricanes. Hey, oh, we'll drink 40s. We'll chug them. Edward 40 hands for the 40th episode. I love oh. it. Oh, Ken, I, I actually bought a surprise You're for ready you, too. To I'm coming in second and third place. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm going to, uh, I have a present for you next week, too. I got to give, I'm going to give it to you on Wednesday. Is it a 40? No, but next week will be 40s for sure. Uh, by the way, we are sponsored by High Brew Coffee. Uh, you can get High Brew Coffee at Wawa if you're in the Philly area, and you can order it online, 10% off with promo code FOXTROT. Make sure you get that. Triple shots are the best. I actually threw one at Eric a little bit ago, so hurt. it did hurt. It's a big it metal can. Three times the caffeine, so it's three coffees in one can. Yeah, I did it today before the gym, and I was for your I, I was ready I was ready to go. I also had two cups of coffee before that, so I was, I was when, moving. When you threw it at me, it hurt my tiredness. <laughs> 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 All right, so, yeah, dude. Obviously, I have a question for you guys. Uh, did you know the VMAs were on last night? Nope. Did you? The Flyers were on, bro. Yeah, exactly. Did you know the VMAs were on 11 different channels last night? Everything that MTV and like and all them own, it was on everything at one time. It seems unnecessary. It seems extremely unnecessary. Dude, I don't know if it's the age we're at now or the fact that this all just seems a little tired and, and, and bored, but like, like the performers last night were BTS, the K-pop group, uh, Lady Gaga, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, Jack Harlow, and the Baby. I I didn't watch. No uh, one watches music videos anymore, so fact kind of an ob- obsolete show. Well, I mean, it more to me like it just feels like this is like almost like a death knell to the old model of the music industry in a weird way. Like it just doesn't matter anymore. Things are so different now. So, and I don't think it's a bad thing to be completely honest. But I thought just the overkill of eleven channels showing the same thing and nobody cared. Oh, were they all Viacom? I'm yeah, they're all Viacom companies. So they were they were simulcasting across eleven things. I don't know, man. Uh, the weekend performed, and he was on top of a skyscraper in New York. It was sweet. So shout out to the weekend. But he makes great videos. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. It just reminded me again that like we are completely in the wild west as far as music goes now and nobody really like every all these labels are still like clamoring for the old model trying to simulcast the vmas things are changing dude things are changing and i love it i love it i never watched the vmas to be completely honest oh you're too cool to watch the vmas i watched the vmas i mean you said it yeah i did <laughs> watch them in like high school middle school but i don't think in the past 10 years i've probably yeah this this them. could be a situation where we're just past the age where they matter but like i didn't see anybody online like freaking out about it i remember back in the day like waiting for that in the video music award or and the like the music because you knew all the music videos so that's why you watched it yeah and they did the mtv movie awards too which were which are awesome i don't know it just it just brought up this thought too i mean we're doing a podcast so it, we're we're a very good example of things changing but like I wonder what the next step is for the music industry. Where do we go from here? It, 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 I did watch clips of it, and it all just seems so forced. It was so weird. I don't. It just didn't. May, once again, maybe the veil's been torn off for me, so maybe I just know different, or I just have a different opinion on it. I don't Probably know. That. Probably that. Probably yeah. that. 
so we have a great interview today with the Brevet, our boys from California. Uh, great conversation. Actually, David, one of the guys in the band, was in Alaska on an ATV when I was interviewing him. So probably the coolest place we've interviewed somebody so far. Uh, literally. Literally. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Alaska's cold. Uh, also, this week we have Kenny Carkeet. From uh, fitness, uh, was also in AWOL Nation, and he's going to come on to talk about his new music. What's his last name? Carkey? Carkeet. Oh. And uh, he he actually produced a song, Do It Again, that we released at the beginning of quarantine. Great guy. We went out and wrote with him during uh, right before COVID started. Just good guy. It's going to be a great interview. Uh, definitely going to make a couple sale jokes to him. What did you say, snail? <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just throughout the interview, going to scream the word sale really any, loud in his face and see what he does. Any, Four-letter word where the vowels are... Vail! Vail! I hope he doesn't see this, because I, I don't... I wonder, like, my Vail. first question is going to be, like, do you get tired of people yelling sail at you? And then I'm just going to start doing it. Stale. Stale! Quail! Mail. Quail man. Uh, all right, so let's let's move into the wildest shit that we've seen on the internet. Uh, Ken, this is a continuation from a conversation we had last week. Vail. Remember we were talking about Bella Thorne being on OnlyFans? Oh, yeah, she ripped off all those people. Yeah, so, kids, here's a good lesson into don't try and do innovative things because eventually the internet's just going to get mad at you. Uh, Bella Thorne, who uh, was a Disney Channel star and then became a movie star, joined OnlyFans and then apparently misled the people that had given her millions of dollars in two days. And then the whole internet freaked out and OnlyFans actually had to change their policies on like how much people can charge and stuff like that. So she went from being like this hero for people of, like, uh, like just people doing OnlyFans to be everybody being like, "Fuck you!" Like you're rich already, you're ruining it for the rest of us. And then she got her bag. So. She did get her bag. That's she for got sure. Her bag and change the whole business model for her. Oh, that's just yeah. that's a power move. Yeah, she seriously made them change their like operations so that people couldn't screw other people over. So all I know is too. Apparently, what happened was she said she was gonna uh like post something and then didn't post it, but charge people like two hundred dollars a pop. Got an army of simps at home to throw money at her. Yep, she was supposed to give people pictures of her boobies. <laughs> and she did just, She did not. She was like, oh, this is from my Instagram. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't boobies. Yeah, pe- boobie people, were not, people were not happy. So uh, everybody's mad at Bella Thorne now. So kids... Don't try and do innovative things because you'll just wind up getting in trouble on the internet. Uh, second thing, this is much more of a serious thing than what I just brought up previously. But so this thing happened today where someone in Trump's administration posted this video and it was uh, of Joe Biden doing a TV interview and he was snoring, like fully asleep. And the person who was interviewing him was like, hey, wake up, wake up, like, hello. And uh, like, I think Trump retweeted it and everybody was like, whoa. And then the actual anchor from that interview retweeted it and was like, yo, by the way, this is fake. Like, this is doctored. We were interviewing uh, singer Harry Belafonte who fell asleep. This is not Joe Biden. So they legitimately misled people into thinking, jo- first off, I'm just going to say this, and we all know our position on Trump, but that is, like, so fucking funny that he did that. Like, But I will say. I mean, if you've seen that before. But it is so wrong that, can you imagine, like, that's propaganda, first off. Like, that's, like. It sh- I'm pretty sure it's illegal. Well, all, all, well, all yeah, all, yeah, all, yeah, but like, it, it, like targeted. that's it, it got la- it got labeled as misinformation on Twitter. So the president of the United States is actively sending out misinformation through his Twitter. Oh well, 
That's I could have told you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the times that dude hits send, it's misinformation being spread throughout the internet. Oh, the real loser here is Harry Delfonte. He's probably like, oh, people are probably finally <laughs> falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. The last person on earth yeah, just forgot. Yeah, Harry yeah. Belfonte's at home, like sipping a cup of coffee, he like finally the nightmare is over. And he goes on Twitter. He's like, God <laughs> damn it. So, yeah, he like he's sitting by the fire in his big ass armchair, and just pours himself a nice, now I nice scotch nice glass. Yeah. yeah. Finally like, we can put all this to Oh, oh my, my god! god. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe Biden somewhere in like I don't know what the fuck is going. Joe Biden <laughs> somewhere like actually asleep. In <laughs> <interview>. <laughs> Look, man, you know how I feel about that guy in the fucking White House. But who hasn't wanted to fall asleep during an interview or a class? I, or I mean, I'm about to do it right now, so I, I feel we got high brew coffee. So we do. Yeah, if, I was if Joe Biden would have had some high brew <laughs> coffee, this <laughs> wouldn't be a situation. But I don't. I was just like, I cannot actually believe that shit happened. But then I was like, wait, I can totally believe that that shit happened. So. Uh, the third thing on here, Ken, I, I know Eric, you're a, you're a King of the Hill fan as well, but my wife today, we're watching a movie and she just hands me her phone and goes, this looks like something you might be interested in. And it's a 15 long conspiracy theory video about Hank Hill not being Bobby Hill's dad. It's Bill Dotrieve. It's Bill Dotrieve is the theory. I yeah, watched. The head shape. Yeah, the head shape and like the, the disposition. Yeah. And this is more of a commentary on the fact that somebody went out of their way to make a 15-minute-long 15 15 minute long conspiracy theory video about how King Peg- of the Hill. And how, how Peggy Hill, Hill was somehow unfaithful. Yeah. Well, first off, As there's if. a lot of... Unf- Dude, they were making great points, too. Peggy Hill lied constantly about, like... She said that she'd only slept with one guy. That was fake. And that she'd never, like, kissed the dude before before Hank. And that was a lie. And like, Bill's obsessed with Peggy. And Bill's obsessed with Peggy, like... First off, I have way too much wrapped up in this. Like, I, I don't know why I care this much about a conspiracy theory video about King of the Hill, but I watched all 15 minutes. Not to mention, it had a million views in a day. What am I doing wrong? Why, why yeah, is this I mean, not a King of the Hill conspiracy theory vo- uh, podcast? It is now. It is now, yeah. Welcome to the Kill Your Notions of Peggy Hill podcast. So. Welcome to the Hill Your Internet podcast. Oh, the Hill Whoa. Your Internet. Whoa. <laughs> Yo, that's definitely the name of this episode, the Hill Your Internet podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then it went into Hank Hill's narrow urethra, and I kind of blacked out for a second. It's actually a hilarious video. I'm going to link it to our Instagram. It a lot that's of a good episode. It makes too much sense, bro. Uh, the best episode is by far the emus. I should have done the honorable thing and murdered the emus. There's too many. Episodes. Yeah, there's too many. I can watch that on. Give me back my orthotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's so many, so the many good episodes. When they, uh, Mr. Big, oh yeah, set up Dale to like. I'm Mr. Big. Mr. Big is pleased. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be Mr. Big. I've known you my whole life. <laughs> I'm Mr. Big. Oh my God, you are Mr. Big. You gotta love how. Look at the range that we cover on this podcast. We just went through OnlyFans, Donald Trump doctoring videos, and a King of the Hill conspiracy video, and we're about five minutes in. All we do nice. it all. Super hot. All in a day's work. All in a day's work, baby. Uh, let's go into our next segment, uh, What the Fuck We've Been Listening To. Uh, I'm going to start it out, and this is actually inspired by Eric texting me earlier this week. Uh, I'm going to start off with Big L. Uh, I'm going with the 10-minute freestyle. Uh, so for those who don't know, Big L was the rapper who originally put Jay-Z on Harlem's finest, uh, one of the greatest lyricists of all time, died too early, but he did a, it was just a 10 minute long freestyle of him and a like 24 year old Jay-Z before reasonable doubt, just going in for 10 minutes. The greatest one liners of all time. Big L said, I'm so ahead of my time. My parents haven't met yet. What a line, dude. Big L, rest in peace. One of the greatest rappers of all time. Underappreciated. 10-minute freestyle is my first pick. Go ahead, E. 
Ten Years Gone by Led Zeppelin. Ooh, great pick. Is a fine. That's a fine wine right there. It is a fine journey. Yes, it is. What record is that on? Physical Physical Graffiti? Graffiti. Yeah. Yeah. As the eagle leaves the nest, has so far to go. Deep, man. Yeah. Got to get that tattooed across my lower back. Don't do that. I will. It's too late. I already did it. (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite song on Physical Graffiti? I know that's a tough pick. Uh, what an uh, uh, if I, did, I had to pick one. If you had gun to your head, probably down by the seaside. Great song, Great dude. Song. Yeah, it's stupid. That's an album that I slept on for a very long time. Yeah. Like not just in the pantheon of Zeppelin albums, because uh, it, it's 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 not like a super easy listen. Like you have to like that's an album you listen from front to back. You know, like uh, like th- like two, you can just like pick songs. You know what I mean? But Visual Graffiti is a body of work. Yeah, it's a dedicated listen yeah, for sure. Uh, Kenny, what's your first pick? My first one's going to be, I completely forgot that the Clyro came out. Oh, my album. God. Yeah, and that first single's really good. I was listening to it on the way down here. It's strong. Very good. Have you heard the song Tiny Indoor Fireworks? Dude, and, and what what an underappreciated band. In the U.S., at least. Yeah, well, they're like Arkells to where like, Arkells will sell out stadiums in Canada, and Biffy Clyro sells out Wembley. Yeah. Like, it's nothing. But Dang. Tiny Indoor Fireworks, the whole album so far is just top to bottom. Great. So Their production's bad. gotten so immaculate. Production's very good. On yeah, they've, they've gotten really, really strong over the years of doing what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second pick uh, is actually, people know it as the song from the uh, the show Big Little Lies. Uh, it's the, the credit song to that. Uh, but it's by an amazing musician named Michael Kiwanuka. It's a song called Cold Little Heart. Yeah, Dude, the man. What an amazing, what an amazing artist, first off. What a song. And the fact like it's amazing how like music gets disseminated and the fact that like that guy's been putting out records forever and his first like really, really big song is because of a TV show on HBO. And uh Cold Little Hearts, great production. His vocals are immaculate. And I love the production because like snuck between all this shit going on is just this beautiful layer of acoustic guitars that are just strumming sloppily in the background. And I'm a sucker for like textured acoustic guitars. Just an amazing chorus, great song. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Kiwanuka, "Cold Little Heart" is my second pick. E, what's your second? "Beast in the Harlot" by Avenged Sevenfold. Nice. Oh, we're turning up today, That's dude! A fucking great song, dude. Guitar Hero. It's like it's like like that whole thing, <laughs> and then it goes like like it like it's like it's like the like the symbols settle down, and it's just like. Like, dude, listen to that like song that. is like shooting up Monster Energy Drink. Dude, got one? <laughs> <laughs> now nah, but I got plenty of Hybrid Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hybrid awesome, Podcast. Awesome chorus, too. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. You have yeah. to wear like all black, like uh, Harley Davidson shirt with a Monster Energy Drink neck tattoo to be in the Avenged Sevenfold like that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's a big song's like The Undertaker giving you a Oh stuff. yeah, that, that <laughs> <laughs> It's the audio equivalent of Kane dropping his arms in the ring and the flame shooting out of the out of the post, <laughs> yeah. dude. It's it's like yeah, that that's a that's a shot to the nuts right there, dude. Oh, yeah. Great song. Yeah. Uh yeah, so that is what the fuck we've been listening to. Whoa, I got one more. Oh my god, wow. Ken, I'm sorry. What's your, what's your next Consider song? Consider the gun jumped. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Ken. What is it? Um G Love Jack Johnson Radio Clowns. Big change from Event Seven <laughs> It got me thinking about Jack Johnson, and I wonder if his music came out today. Because I think he's timeless, but I don't know if his music will get the pull that... I wonder what he's going to be remembered as. Is he going to be remembered as kind of like a Nick Cave, to where it's just like laid back, kind of like relaxing music? Is it going to be remembered as kind of childish in a way, because of like songs like Banana Pancakes and the Curious George songs? like, Or is it going to be remembered like... um, 
Christopher Cross in the 70s, this kind of like yacht rock music in a weird way. Like he has a lot of ways that he can go. Yeah, I love him though. I love Jack 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 Johnson introduced me to so much, man. This is easy to listen to. It is. That's like the Sunday morning brunch music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like hungover, hangover music. Yes, it is. Or it's like sun going down. You're sitting on a balcony near a beach. It's a great, like a good Jack Johnson spot to be. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I mean, I can't think of it. Fucking think of a bad one. No, nah, me neither. Uh, maybe an Avenged Sevenfold concert. Nah, it's probably still. <laughs> Turn up. Jack Johnson opening for Avenged Sevenfold. Is that the is that the weirdest combo we could possibly think of? Exactly. Dude, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick Lamar opening for Creed. Um, we should pin that and make that. Oh, up. that needs to be a question next week. What what could be the weirdest? Yeah. The we'll weirdest. Like a three day festival. Katy Perry. Yeah. And yeah. What, what would be your three? Yeah, just stupid ass like Katy yeah. Perry opening for Bush. Yo, that would be an interesting one right there. I don't know. That's a good question. That's the, that's going to be our our like question segment for next week. We actually are going to move into a question segment right now. Uh, so it was earlier today. I, I did it kind of late, so we have a couple questions. But I like to do this where we'll put up a poll on the Instagram and say like, if you want any questions answered, just ask us and and we'll we'll put them up in the podcast. So we got four. The first question we have is, what is your favorite alternative band currently? So I, to me, like, I had to think about this because I'm going to go, like, back, I guess. I, I, there's nothing right now that's, like, killing me, like, something that, like, I need to listen to. But I would say The Killers would be mine, probably. That, album, that, yeah. that album's just so good. Um, but, I mean, Arctic Monkeys is prob- it's probably my favorite. Like, if I'm thinking of songs that are played on, like, alt stations like Radio 104.5 and stuff like that, like, I, I'd say either The Killers or Arctic Monkeys. Does anybody have a dissension there or have another name you want to throw in the hat? Not that I can think of. Uh, Foster the People have been putting out amazing music, too. Is the 19... 1975 count. 1975 1975 would be up there, too. Yeah. Yeah, and they're the modern one, I think. 1975 would be the most modern band that I would put in there. Yeah, definitely. Fire. Fire. Absolute fire. Uh, Second question. Uh, I like this one because I think we're going to get some good answers. What do you guys eat when you're on the road? (laughs) There's one answer. Slim Jims. (laughs) I mean, all right. I can probably name them all right now. Name them. What are what are Foxtrot Essentials on the road? Um, any kind of chicken fingers. <laughs> EBT chicken fingers yeah, from the south, yeah. yo. Oh, dude, they're so f- crispy, <laughs> crunchy chicken, baby. That was oh. the best. I remember just like passing out in the back seat and just having that cold chicken down. It's like, oh. yo, there <laughs> was up from the food coma. And just, <laughs> yeah. There was one <laughs> tour the where the entire tour, what we would do was we would go to gas stations in the south <laughs> and just buy cases and cases of like these like cold chicken fingers these are like these are like imagine like this t- typical styrofoam it's that but plastic like that a salad would come in yeah it's like a, it's, it's like, like a clear plastic yeah. salad container filled with chicken fingers it's like complete dog shit but it's yeah like the worst so stuff you could possibly good, yeah it was dude. definitely like grade f like this is like taco yeah. bell wouldn't even look at this shit and we were living off of it for weeks and i wonder why i come up from tour and feel so terrible yeah. but all right so that we got chicken fingers beef jerky de- slim jims all day mechanical separated chicken <laughs> yeah um any kind of like like uh like high brew like any kind of like oh coffee drinks and caffeine oh well, any form of caffeine just yeah. inject like just drip in my eyeballs They're like yeah do oh uh, dude remember the time monsters dude yeah. do you remember the time we were in alabama and we stopped at a, this random janky gas station yeah, and awesome. eric eric bought oh that's another story eric bought uh four 
things of Baja Blast. Oh, yeah, because it was, it was bottled. It was the oh, only well, time I've ever good. seen Baja Blast in a bottle, and Eric bought the entire stock. That's all I have. You should have saved it and sold it entirely. Yo, this yeah, same I was like, I, I asked the cash, I was like, do you guys have more of this? <laughs> I literally would have bought Yeah, you got no, a pallet? Like, yeah, I mean... Dude, that same trip, we stopped at that gas station, and we were at this like random gas station in Alabama, and it was a half gas station, half McDonald's. The entire city was there in the McDonald's playpen, <laughs> and there was just like feral dogs outside, like walking around. And me and Eric are out in the middle of this highway, like pushing the dogs back into like the parking lot. We're like, dude, where are we right now? So we've been living off of like uh, gas station chicken fingers, like there, just there. Baja Blast, and pushing feral dogs off the street. There was not even any dogs, like. And the onlooker was just like, what are those kids doing? Yeah, like, they, they didn't even, like, it didn't even occur to them. Like, like, they're like, oh, there's feral dogs in the middle of the highway. And yeah. we're freaking out. And they're like, obviously, they're not for this city. On fire to try to wrangle them. And I just thought it was great, though, because I think the entire population of the town was legitimately at the playpen at McDonald's. Like, yeah. at the half McDonald's gas station. That and was the turn like, spot. Like, 54 people there. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And it all, it weighed, like, like the total weight was, like, 100,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, well, that real quick yeah, also because yeah. I'm speaking vouch for this because I know Erica hates the aura on the road. <laughs> we'll be trying to find somewhere to eat, and Erica's like, "Let's go somewhere local," and then we're like, "Subway!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Erica, no, no. Erica's like, "Can yeah. we go to a cute cafe?" And we're like, "Oh, dude, you see that subway the over there yeah. <laughs> next to the GameStop? Let's go eat out of the trash like, can." It's like cute little cafe, like restaurant and pub, and then it's like. We'll be in 12 different yeah. cities across the country and we'll each one try and hit the nastiest looking subway just to eat. Yeah. All right. So that's question number two. Uh, question number three I saw was uh, when you guys get back to touring, what song are you most excited to play? That's actually a good question. Would it be something we haven't played? Like something's going on? Actually, I think mine would be Legends. I, I really love starting or ending a show with Legends Don't Die. Hmm. It's a tough one. I think I'm excited for Broadway because we've only played it like once or twice. Tell it to the internet. Yeah. Because I can't wait to really get that down live. I really yeah. like that live too when we have the internet noises going before we play. It's on Jimmy's launch pad. I love it. Tell it to the internet. Yeah, and then we tell it yeah. to the internet. <laughs> um, you got, got an input on that? Internet. Find Monster. Oh, that's a great pick. That's the song that's coming out next month. We can't say that yet. But yeah, I can't wait to play Monster. Yeah, that one. Room Goes Red, baby. Uh, okay, and then the last question I saw was, do you miss touring? And the answer is unequivocally, yes. Yep. Very yeah. much so. Uh, yeah, so that was our question segment. So what we're going to do now is we're going to throw it over to our interview with the Brevet, uh, and then we're going to come back, stick around for the end of the episode. We're going to go into our picks for our coronavirus survival guide. Before we head over to the Brevet, once again, I just want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, High Brew Coffee. Uh, you can get them at Wawa. Dude, trust me, if you're in the Philly area, go to Wawa, grab some High Brew Coffee triple shot, make your day a lot better. Also, promo code FOXTROT on the High Brew website, and uh, you get 10% off. So we're going to send it over to the Brevet. We'll be right back for our coronavirus survival guide picks. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! You feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, your guests today for the Kill Your Internet podcast are David and John from the Brevet. Boys, what's going on? What's up, man? Not much. Nothing much. He's, uh, David's out there in Alaska. So what the fuck is up, buddy? <laughs> yeah, man. I had to get out of the lower 48. Shit's getting crazy down there. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Um, so are you guys both in California? Is that usually where you guys are? That's home base. Uh, yeah, we're down from each other. So. 
what is it like? Cause I was out, in, I was out in LA right before quarantine started and I was, I was writing and what's it been like out there? Cause I've had a lot of friends who live out there who are just trying to get out right now. Like they don't want to be in, they don't want to be in LA right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're a little South of LA, LA, you know, I think a lot of times like we, uh, we get lumped in with being in downtown. So in terms yeah. of like where we're at, I mean, it's the same environment. It's the same weather. It's the same, whatever, you know? So, uh, we're probably a little bit more residential than yeah. like some of the people that like just moved to Hollywood or whatever. Um, it's just kind of where, uh, David ended up where Eric, the singer's from. And, um, I, I came up here to play with these guys from San Diego. Oh, nice. And, um, but yeah, I think I have heard that like people are trying to get out, you know, like don't like LA getting out. I mean, it is expensive, but it's LA. Yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's worth it. It's gorgeous. I mean, yeah, that was like, my mm-hmm. first time in LA and just having this like thought build up my mind of what this place is going to be. I fucking loved it, dude. I had a great time. Everybody was nice. It wasn't, uh, I don't know if, if you're from the East coast, I feel like people think out and everybody out in LA is pretentious and all this shit. No, nah, I had a great time, dude. Everybody was sweet. Yeah. Same bullshit, different costumes. It is know? exactly. It is exactly. Yeah. And the more like, especially as as touring musicians like the more we travel i'm sure you feel the same way i kind of feel that way about pretty much anywhere we've been you know we've been to pretty much every state lower 48 you know most of them anyways i'm not sure where we're at with that but yeah pretty much everywhere we've been it seems like most people on the ground floor are generally generally pretty pretty cool the only thing about la is If you're working there and if you're part of the grind, you have to deal with the traffic in the morning, and that's probably the biggest one. That was real. And I found that out, too, because I spent a lot of time writing in Nashville. I write down there for a lot of country singers. And, like, you come to kind of, like, I don't know. I'm glad I didn't move there because I don't want to have to, like, live in a place where I have to build my work relationships around. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? In a way, like, I like to have the separation of church and state in that way. Do you ever get that vibe out there at all? I think maybe because we're south of L.A. We have enough separation, you know? Like, we're not – uh, we're not going to the Troubadour every night to see who's playing. Right. Not, yeah. We're not chilling on the Sunset Strip. You know, David and I will go up and I mean, we'll go up to watch Joe Rogan, you know. Like, of course. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I spent I spent a good amount of time. I lived there for a long time in Nashville, too. Yeah. And it's it's easy to uh, – you you never take a day off, you know. No. An hour off. So it's it is kind of nice to be physically – forced to like work on your own craft on your own. Of course, man. Yeah. The thing is, I think you can get lost in a place like Nashville or LA from time to time with the hanging out. You know what I mean? Like they call them the hangs. You just go to a show and get drunk and you're, you do make connections. And um, that is the one thing that I've come to respect about those places, but I'm kind of glad that we've, we've held it down with our home base out here. And I like the travel regardless. Um, So the the first thing I usually do here, I ask, how's quarantine been for you guys? Like, honestly, like, has everything changed for you? Have you kind of kept, because you've obviously kept your feet moving. You've had a lot of content come out, dropping singles, videos, but really what's the situation been for the band? Have you guys been together for the most part or you kind of working spatially? Yeah, it's been pretty ideal for us, honestly, considering our our setup, because we got our own studio in Westminster, which is like North Orange County, just south of uh, Long Beach. Oh, it's beautiful. So for us, we've had this, you know, and, and Eric, uh, you know, the songwriter and the band leader, he's, he's got, he's writing demos left and right and always has. So this has been an opportunity for us just to buckle down. And we got, we got good enough mics and we got decent preamps. So there's a couple other studios in Orange County. So we've been able to just stay busy and put our heads down and just focus on, on recording and 
just trying to build up the Spotify following, you know, social media following, all that fun stuff. So that one, so that once we do start touring, hopefully, uh, you know, next spring is where everything's at now. Then hopefully we just hit hit the ground running and we got you know more fans than we had before. And hopefully people will be excited to get out and watch music. We obviously we don't know if all these venues are going to be quarter capacity or if people know, are still going to be scared. But we're just hoping that as long as we keep on doing what we're doing and pushing out, pushing out content and new songs, then we'll just be in a good position to uh, pick up where we left off, you know, maybe even a better position. Who knows? I mean, that's been our thought process the entire time. And I, I keep saying, cause I am the songwriter and I'm kind of like the band leader here, but whatever. But most of the people in the creative community that I've talked to, obviously it's a hit to the wallet. Obviously it's a different scenario to where like, we can't really do to a full level what we love, but it's given people this opportunity to just be like, what can we do to change things from what we were doing before? And how can we wind up in a better scenario? Which is why the fuck we're talking to you guys right now. You know what I mean? Like this podcast wouldn't be doing what it's doing if it wasn't for this. I think you got to take everything with a grain of salt. And I think too, there's such uh, the, to, 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 to borrow from comparative theology, the lay person, right? This yeah. someone who's not involved in what we do. I think it's, I don't mean this in a bad way, but there's just a lot of assumption that we get in a van, we drive somewhere, we play, we pack up, we party, rinse, wash, repeat, you know, yeah. it's, there's so much that we have to do. I think that if you're a band on our level, like, you know, collectively you guys, us that, uh, you know, that we, we've had some nibbles of, of success you know like we we see people wearing brevet t-shirts who we don't know like that's so <laughs> fucking cool dude cool thing you know it's a, but we're still there's still a lot of there's a lot of fucking work you know yeah. and it's one of those deals where like we were kind of coming to a head of like all right well what because we toured our asses off for two and a half years yeah and it was like at some point we have to we have to write we have to record music we all have side hustles we have to sleep not on a van bench like there's there needs to be some way to do it. So I think if you're in the position that a lot of the mid-level, for lack of a better word, bands are in, like, yeah. there's always stuff to do. Fuck you yeah. know, kind of like we were talking about, you know, that being in Nashville or being in here, like there's, so if, if you're not touring, you're writing. If you're yeah. not writing, you're cranking out content. And if you're not cranking out content, you're touring. And usually everybody wants you to be doing all three of those at the same time. So yeah. Hopefully this time has been kind of given us an opportunity to where we can streamline it better. So like David was saying, when we do tour, when we do hit the road, we have all this ready to go. We've got, you know, singles in the bag for days. Yep. And, um, it's just, but just trying to take advantage of whatever situation we're in, because there's sure as hell anything we can do about it. You Bro, know? this is the first time I've ever felt like I can compartmentalize down to where I don't feel like, because especially when you're not someone that a major label's throwing money at, you've got to do this shit yourself and you have right. to be resourceful. And But it's the first time I've ever not had to run from 50 different things at the same time and I can focus on making shit. Like this yeah. has been in a weird way. Most of the people that I've talked to in the creative community have been like, other than the fact that we can't play shows, this is kind of nice. Like I've never had the opportunity to fucking focus and it feels great. But at the same time, I can't wait to get back and play shows, dude. Yeah, and definitely the fact that it's like people are getting sick. Like, yeah, well, no, okay, so definitely not like great in general, but I'm saying like just from the creation aspect, like this has been good on that side. Right in a vacuum, it's been great. 
dream. In a vacuum. Right. But we, we basically always think selfishly and live in a vacuum when it comes to music. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, and, you know, there's a certain level of that that you got to you gotta take care of your head, you know, which is essentially, Absolutely. I feel like is what you're saying is it's hard. Like, um, you know, I've, this is the first time in, in, in 20 years that I haven't had something somewhere to play at least, at least one, once a week, you know, even when I was, even when I was 16, 15, 16, 17, I still had, I still had gigs, my little, my little crappy high school rock band and my church <laughs> band and the dance band. I always had rehearsals. I always had something. So, you know, again, like, to your point which is i think a given like despite the greater turmoil which obviously there's plenty of it at least we have a way to keep our heads straight to where i can get up in the morning and not and not be bummed out yeah and i think the main thing is too like we really don't have an option other than to try and um compartmentalize and like spin it as a positive because in in general this is like most of our worst nightmare. Like, you know what I mean? Like not being able to play shows, not having a guaranteed future in what we're doing. But I think we have to trick ourselves into thinking like, okay, just keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think to try and, to try and get too, uh, to try and reach too wide, I think can be kind of toxic too, you know? Absolutely. Like we're, we're not, we're not rage against the machine. We're not going to get super political or anything. We don't, right it's like well what is it gonna do like for us it just it's not our wheelhouse so if anything i kind of feel like other folks that are getting up they're not working they're trying to find a way to get through the day keep their heads on straight then really all they want from from us i think is is just for us to be sincere and create music because that's what that's that's what we do you know i'm not I'm not a doctor. Uh. <laughs> you, guys have, you guys have done a hell of a job of it, too. Um, I want to talk about the new, the new video, uh, Blue Coast. How did you convince a 10-year-old to drive a car, or what was the deal with that? Like, did you guys – Oh, that was, that was easy. <laughs> yeah. So you, what, was the, what was the idea behind it? Because everything turned out great, but how did that come about? Because I always have crazy ideas for videos where I'm like, we should do this, and everybody's like, we're not fucking doing that. Like, did you guys hook that up to a trailer, or what did you do? All the credit in the world goes to Eric for that. Um, he, you know, went to school for that at Nebraska. So oh, no shit. Got, and he's, he's a, uh, he's a savant when it comes to like final cut and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, he has, you know, uh, he, he, I think the story as he told me was he, he remembered doing that for a student film at Nebraska, you know, 15 years ago when we were in college. And, um, yeah, we, we went to U-Haul on the, the day before, got a trailer, hooked it up, dropped it off by 8 o'clock. And uh, I think the plan originally was to film it on PCH. But as we were driving our band van with the car and the 10-year-old in the back, I think we all kind of started thinking, <laughs> like, you know, maybe that parking lot looks real. I was going to say. <laughs> you know? Dude, and I will say, too, like, I remember looking, um, this, the single before this was Strange Days, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys shot that video on an iPhone? We shot that video on an iPhone in an hour and a half. It was awesome. Dude, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like this whole situation has made people very resourceful in the same way that, like, okay, we can't get a crew together because it's, it's not safe, and we're going to have to break it down to bare bones and do what we have to do. Have you guys felt more resourceful? Has, has the band always been resourceful? Has it always been like that? Uh, I think a little bit of both, for sure. You know, and, and Blue Coast, too, was also all, all iPhones as well. Modern technology is fucking insane, dude. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think resourceful. Even if like uh, crossing over to the studio thing, it's like we don't have 
crazy mics and crazy preamps, but we got pretty good mics and some decent preamps. And, and again, like we're blessed to have a space where we right. can take our time and, and hash shit out. We're not like staring at the clock, making sure we get this done. So, you know, like we can work with what we have and we could get the cleanest take, we, you know, with the drums anyways, just like make sure everything's like tuned how it needs to be. And, you know, and Eric's, Eric's chops, his uh, like production chops are getting stronger by the minute. So I think the same resourcefulness, it, uh, it uh, transfers over to, to the music as well. Like we've got the vision and God knows we have the time. Right. So why the, why the fuck not? Either that or we try and, we try and crowdfund 10 G's out of our friends and family to get a couple of songs together. And then, and then we're like stuck with that for, for how long. So if, yeah. they, if, if, if they don't go belly up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. It has, um, has the process of writing songs for you guys during quarantine been different? Because I know for us, we've never done it this way that we've been passing files back and forth. We're generally everybody getting a room together, kick it around, keep working, keep working, and then take it to the studio around the corner that we, that we work out of. Have you guys been doing more digitally or can you still get in a room together? Yeah, we can. Uh, the process is, again, as Eric, as, as a songwriter, he's got, he's got demos flying out of him like crazy. So the process, and John, maybe John could weigh in on this, but for me, it feels more or less the same. You know, we get a we get a handful of demos or Erickson, something he's working on, he thinks would be a cool brother thing. And then we all jump in, you know, we like in even just two at a time sometimes. You know, I'll jump in and work with Eric on on what he's thinking for drums and he'll kinda of show me what he has programmed and I'll adapt it to to the to the real thing, whatever, and then and he'll get in there with John every now and again, it's all three of us. But that process I feel like has been pretty much the same throughout it's just, it's just more of it now yeah i think it's gotten streamlined definitely like i think but i don't know if that's a result of quarantine or maybe it is by proxy because we've just been doing it more right but it's definitely like like eric come eric brings the songs to the table and they're more or less done right you know and then him and david will work out the drum stuff and then him and me will go either in most a lot of the lead stuff is like I'm playing it, but they're his parts. And then whatever instrument, what other other instruments, you know, I think would add to it. Like there's a lot of steel. There's a lot of lap steel and pedal steel. And I love that too, by the way, because yeah. I, when I listen to what you guys have put out in quarantine, it doesn't feel as though there's any lack in quality there. Like it feels like it, it, it like that has to be so gratifying because we we cut we finished a record during quarantine as well. We put out the first part of it. And, uh, but our recording process in the studio hasn't changed at all. Like being that you guys are working out of your studio, like the, the results that you're getting out of this is fucking incredible. Like that has to feel gratifying to know that you can do it on your own and then wind up making things that are hitting Spotify playlists. Like that's incredible. Yeah. And it's, I know, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. And it, I think it speaks to like, again, the, the overall vision and, and the resourcefulness of working with what you got, you know, cause we, we've done the go down go down to the expensive how many ever dollars a day recording studio course, and we man. tried it, you know, and I, I think that's important is you have to be open to that. Like, yeah. if, I think a lot of times bands or creative people in general box themselves in by thinking we have to do it this way. And sometimes you're doing things the right way for maybe not the right reasons, you know, yep, absolutely. And I think by going out and by, uh, you know, miking 
the drums with 117 mics, you know, and getting, you know, the guitar is in a separate shopping center across the yeah, street. Yeah, exactly. No noise. And then comparing that to what we did on our own, and you're kind of like, you know what? Like, I bet, I bet the I bet we can work with this, you know, and, and we have evolved some stuff like the early, early Brevet stuff, even before me is mix and mastered in-house. And now we send it off, you know, yeah. uh, it's learning where your strengths are, where other people bring more strengths to the table. And I think, I think our roles in the band have gotten a lot more solidified, yeah. you know, um, as this has gone on. I think that's just a natural progression of like any sort of work or business or even any long-term like creative relationship the the roles are going to adapt and you're going to change i mean for us especially uh erica who's one of the vocalists in the band starting out was a background singer and she was very timid and then to watch her after years of touring and getting out in front of people doing tv doing radio all this shit she's turned into a fucking beast and more than anything she's taken a bigger role in the songwriting process so i mean it's always going to change throughout but to to watch what you guys are doing to watch what you guys are doing right now it's outstanding and i I just wanted the opportunity to be able to say like yo i'm out here in philly i see you guys like i want you to know that man that's that's all right on dude no problem thank you uh, just like building on what John said, too, even with uh, people mixing and mastering and the, and the way that team has changed. Uh, I was just listening to a podcast with Robbie Robertson uh, from the oh, band. Oh, sweet. <clears throat> and it was, it was interesting. He was talking about the very first guy they had try and mix um, like the band, like that old album with, you know, with like Cripple Creek and Night Revoltics and all those. Very first guy that went to that. I forget his name, but he's the guy that makes like the Isley Brothers wow and a bunch of people and when that guy picked up he, he what he came out with they didn't like at all and he didn't like what he heard like they didn't he wasn't feeling it at all so they just had to pack up their shit and go make have someone else mix it <laughs> and it ended up being one of like the greatest you know like one of the greatest all-time all-time records and i, mean, I, I feel like it kind of speaks to what john's saying it's like here's what you're supposed to do find the best guy quote best guy in the world to do yeah. this Sometimes that doesn't work for whatever reason. And and you think about the band too, like and what they're like most known for now. I think about the basement tapes, the stuff they did in Bob Dylan that was just literally them kicking around on a fucking tape machine. They find it like forty years later, and it's just it's the warmest, most enjoyable listening experience possible. Sometimes it's just I don't know. It's not about the best. It's more about the band. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that definitely speaks to even like the touring thing is that what brought that relationship was them backing up Robbie, uh, was them backing Bob up Bob Dylan, Dylan for, his, for, for his first electric tour. And from everything I've heard of like from like Levon's book and what Robbie says, that was, they got booed every night. Like that was, <laughs> we've all, yeah, we've Levon, all had a Nobody yeah, wanted him to yeah. go electric. Yeah, he wanted Levon to go. quit. Bring yeah. oil on golf or whatever, you know? Like. Boys, before I let you go, yeah, so I, we. I was going to say, boys, before I let you go, I got, I got one thing that we do is I ask five questions, just five random rapid fire questions. Being that we got two of you, I'm going to alternate between the two of you and we're, and we're going we're gonna to wrap it up this way. Uh, John, we're going to start with you. What's the favorite guitar you ever owned? Oh, man. Sentimentally, my first one. Just of course. Track. I still have it kicking around. Same. Um, I've got right now, I'm, I'm playing one of the, um, the, the 72 reissue Telecasters, the Mexican one. That thing's Beautiful. A- Burkhauer's solid piece of tone. 
Um, I had a, uh, I actually had a really good Epiphone 355 that um, got in a loading out accident in Pueblo, Colorado. I got so, one sitting right behind me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, was, I thought that's what that was. So, yeah, uh, man. So, but finding finding a guitar like that that's versatile enough, and like we're talking about, like the 13 year old Springsteen fan in me gets. Oh yeah. Gets, every time i throw on a telecaster so i had a i had a nashville telly with the strap pickup in the middle and i fuck like looking back on i actually fucking hate that guitar because there should never be a strap pickup in the middle there but i just thought it was cool when i bought it yeah uh actually this one goes to both of you guys and i want you to each give me one and john i kind of know your answer i think but give me each an album that you can always go back to like what is a classic album that you can listen to over and over and over again because a lot of times during quarantine we've talked about uh, we keep going back to like our comfort zone. We keep going back to records that make us feel okay, I guess. So give me a record for you that you keep running back to. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like even the, the band, the one, the one we just brought up is yeah. obviously, obviously that's a mainstay. Um, but just not to be too redundant. Or repetitive. <laughs> I just finished a, uh, <laughs> I just finished a Ryan Adams um, biography. Uh, actually that John gave me. Thanks, John. Interesting, man. Anyway, yeah. But he, um, that that got me thinking about um, about uh, his album Gold. Gold is so uh, fucking good. That one's I can go back to that one whenever. You know? It's really bummed me out. That and it's all so the, long. It's always bummed you know, me Gold out. Gold has like a thousand songs on it. So I mean, it, it I I have it on vinyl and I listen to it all the time. But it's weird. After everything came out about Ryan Adams, I kind of took a break from listening to him just because I, I don't know. I felt conflicted in a weird way. But I just, he has like three of my favorite records. I, you know what I mean? Like, I still love to go back and, and listen. Yeah. The, yeah, that's one of those things, especially especially when you when you read about him. <laughs> and yeah. the book is read, uh, is written by his tour manager, like in the early, the Whiskey Town days. Oh, shit. So it's kind of, for me, it's one of those, it's like a no shit moment. It's like, um, you know, and maybe this is going out on a limb, but if everyone knew how much of a piece of shit Mozart was, you know, yeah. like, at least from what I, from what I understand, you know, Mozart was was fucking wild too, and, and probably if we knew all the shit he did. But meanwhile, we have our we have our children learning his music. So I guess it's like you said before, it's just a separation to me. Like I don't. We went into into kind of like separating separating an artist from his art on the last episode that we did because I was talking about how we went back and watched House of Cards again. And Kevin, I don't obviously Kevin Spacey is a weirdo, but there's a lot of great artists and you know actors in that show, and I. I just wanted to know how it ended. And I, I still feel that way about gold. I feel that way about heartbreaker. I feel that way about easy tiger. And uh, yeah, so this is one of my, my, my top Ryan Adams ones too. Yeah. Uh, John, give me your album, man. Yeah. I think like we were talking about, uh, besides obviously zeros by Fox trying to get down. You know, obviously. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my fucking man. I, I did a little homework. There you um, go. No, uh, I think darkness on the edge of town, man. I think that's uh, my, my dad. So, my dad had all these records when I was a kid, but we didn't have a record player because when I was, I guess, a two-year-old, I broke the stylus on my dad's oh. table. And it was like 80, you know, I would have been two in 88. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, the CDs were just coming out. My dad was like, I'm not going to, I don't need another stylus. Yeah. So when I was 13 and trying to get into like music, you know, I, I went down and I would like, flip through my dad's albums, but I couldn't listen to them. So I just kind of had to like pretend what they sounded like, you know, I'd read <laughs> wow. about them or I'd be intrigued by them or I'd hear them on the classic rock radio station. And, you know, like darkness didn't have a ton of radio hits nope. and it wasn't, it's, so I remember like I would borrow CDs from the library. Like that's how I got my first CDs and I would just come home for whatever didn't like it. And I recognized 
the image of either from the library or from the media player or wherever I bought my CDs in Georgia, like of that iconic, that the cover of Darkness on the Edge of Town. And I was, and I remember like putting it on and I kind of, I think I was expecting something more like somber or more like whatever. Yeah. And it hits you with just Badlands. I was like, oh, okay, I'm listening. You know? Dude, we talked about how I think that Jungle Land kind of- right there, by the way. I don't know if you can tell, but- that's, oh, uh, is it? Yeah. It's, we have, yeah, we have, a, we have a Bruce Shrine in our studio that nice. in the corner is the darkness vinyl and there's a candle in front of it. So oh, we yeah. find, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I always thought that nice. Jungle Land's ending feels like it flowed perfectly into Badlands starting. And to me, yeah, like absolutely. those two albums are always going to be paired because they're one after another. Uh, but uh, Darkness is my pick for Bruce too. So nice. Nice. Boy. Yeah. Um, like just that. That's what I remember we're thinking. That's what that's what this shit's supposed to sound like. The harmonica, the piano. The oh, yeah. Are, Fucking uh, Promised Land on that record. Uh, the whole thing. Racing in the Street is one of the greatest songs of yeah. all time. Streets on Fire. Yeah. I don't know. You hit me right. That, we, we connected on that one. <laughs> uh, David, I got one for you. Here's a random one. What food do you hate? What food do I hate? Yeah. Give me shit, some. Man. David's ketogenic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dave, David is not ketogenic. <laughs> oh man. Uh, honestly, don't I can't really think of it. I mean, uh, durian's pretty bad. You know, durian fruit. You guys ever had that? Never had it, but I fucking hate it already. Just How about the bean hummus. <laughs> I hate bean hummus. hummus. Well, you, you would definitely hate lupini bean hummus, and it's not even. Yeah. It's like it's like, yeah, it's not good. I don't, I don't even know what the fuck a lupini bean is. But. <laughs> Me neither. Bro. I can tell you this much. I've never had it and I never will. Fuck Lupini bean hummus, dude. Yeah, you know. Dur dur durian's pretty bad. It's like this really spiny fruit and Ew. like inside it kind of just like the outside is spiny. And you crack it open and I had a bad experience cuz it like has like a very like stinky smell to it. Yeah. Appar apparently there's something there like I guess the same kind of part of your brain that likes a stinky cheese or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. But I I used to live in Santa Cruz. I had some roommates and I just remember it was like like a handful of my roommates just like scooping it in like with yeah. their hands and it was just the whole thing was like it was, it was pretty pretty gross <laughs> dude when, when, you, when i was when i was saying I, I hate lupini beans did you hear the northeast philly come at me like real bad there i was like dude, I, i've been hearing the northeast philly for the last hour so yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> uh all right and uh so we got we got two more um this one goes to both of you guys i want to see if you kind of have concentric answers here what is the best show experience you guys have ever had and what's the worst show experience you guys have ever had <laughs> after you john <laughs> <laughs> well it's hard to define best but i one of the coolest coolest things we've done bottle rock is always going to stand out oh that's a fucking great one right there um just because that was like I remember being 12 years old, Sunday afternoon at a festival, watching bands, and then just hearing your guitar come out of the speakers that are right there. Like, yeah. that's legendary. Um, I would say just there's, there's, some random, there's some random times when, like, you've been on the road for, like, six weeks. You've got six weeks left to go. Your expectations are just shot to nothing. You're yeah. completely nihilist, and you have no – there's just like it's just become such a routine and then every now and then you walk out to a packed house almost seemingly random you yeah. know and and you just play a killer show and there's people are into it and it's it's just like wow 
Yeah. So um, it happened once in Spokane. It's happened a couple times in New York City. Um, you know, uh, there's there's just like weird little things like that, the unexpected good ones. Yeah. Um, you know, at worst, <laughs> where do we start? I know? love the see the the, the good ones are know. cool, but the bad yeah. ones are the ones I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I already know which one you're going to say for the worst one. Do you? I don't. There's, there's, there's yeah, man. We played uh, Iowa City. We played like a small pizza yeah. joint out there. And it was like, there was hardly anyone there. Oh. And it was just like, we were, we were all tired. We, we had been out for a little bit. And there was no, there was no silver lining to that. The only silver lining was we have, a, we had a solid place to sleep that night. And we had a lot of, of food but that one was the pork rinds yeah, that, see the there's pork all, rinds were good yeah i guess that was just a, there's always a one saving life. grace when you go somewhere and it's the food even if the show's shitty yeah. i like to try the different food in different cities mahal's basement doesn't yeah oh uh, mahal's was, was <laughs> interesting mahal's too. oh mahal's in uh in uh, cleveland? cleveland yeah but downstairs not oh, okay not downstairs <laughs> And the silver lining for that is we had our buddy, uh, our buddy Sam, who's uh, yeah. you know with Walshley Arms. He's the that Great guy band. there. So at least we had, at least we, yeah, they're they're solid. And Sam's the nicest guy in the world. So at least we had a homie there, kind of like supporting and kind of letting us know, like, yeah, I've done this before too. It's yeah. weird, you know. Um, outside of a Starbucks and a PF Chang's in Chicago at like <laughs> 10 a.m. and it was about 3,000 degrees out. That was. I think it was a Benihana. Bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we, we, we had gone over this, like, same question, like, a couple weeks ago, and I said, I got electrocuted in New Orleans. Oh, sh- wow. Uh, it was a – And I'm from Atlanta. Hot mic, dude, right to the lips, and I just got shocked, and I, I, I dropped. Um, you actually like, dropped it. It put you down? I, I had to, like – I lost my balance, and I sat down. Luckily, this was during sound check though, but the whole time we were playing – Oh, Jesus. The whole time we were playing, I was back – yeah, <laughs> just like lean in a little bit. Yeah. I also got tackled by a homeless guy that night. So New Orleans, it was a weird time for us. Where, uh, where in New Orleans were you playing? The Howlin' Wolf. Okay, yeah, we've only done a Gasa Gasa there up to. Oh, I've heard good things about that actually. Yeah, I mean, it was a cool place. It was raining cats and dogs, so like David and I basically had to swim to the whole all place up the street. Yeah, yeah. New Orleans is not a place you want to be oh, when yeah, it's raining it like that crazy. either. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'm thinking like, oh yeah, my god. Man. There was a place in – it was below Atlanta – it was be- between Atlanta and Macon. started with an M. I forget what it was, it was called, but it was a pizza place. Millageville? Was it? Millageville. Millageville, yeah. yeah. And uh, they did not think an original band was playing that night, the people who Ooh. were there. And uh, they wanted covers, and it was like a country college bar. And, yeah. dude, we fucking played. And I remember standing up there and just going, like, does anybody have, like, a fucking – I can play Wagon Wheel if you want me to. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want me to do. Yeah. And just, like, dude standing there, like, fucking staring at me. Just being like, when are you done? Like, get the fuck out yeah. of here. So we all have those things. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the worst. It's sometimes yeah. about 80% of the time it's live music and they don't care and they're cool with it. But there's that 20% where oh, they yeah. do care. And those oh, yeah. care yeah. a lot. Yeah, that one for me for – me, my best one was uh, Rockwood uh, Music Hall in uh, in in New York, Rockwood, dude. and that was one. I think it was the first time we had played there. That was one of those that even, like, yeah, man. Even um, compared to like the uh, Rock and Firefly and those big ones, which were obviously epic. That one was special because it was kind of one of our first times out, and um, 
and the place was packed and there was people singing us songs that 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 obviously we didn't know and, and Rock, like, Rockwood takes care of you too, man. Yeah, Rockwood, Rockwood brings people out too. Like, there's always people coming through there. It's right in the Lower East Side. We've had some amazing shows there. Yeah, um, man. They dropped that piano down with a bunch of cables. We're packed in there like sardines. I'm always out, worried about that fucking thing, though, dude. I'm always yeah. worried about that thing. That piano that's just yeah, suspended. Clear that shit. I wait. I wait till. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Um. So I got one yeah, more question before I let you. Worked out. I got one more question before I let you guys go. Once again, this is for both of you. We'll keep it short. But if you guys weren't doing music, what would you do? I'd be trying to figure out a way to do music. That's a good answer. I probably would too. I mean, I'm up here. I'm up here farming right now, so I'd probably be doing something like that. But, I take um, you as a farmer, bro. I don't. Maybe it's because of the backdrop, or I know you're in Alaska at a reindeer farm. But like, I took that as as what yeah, I was going to say. And I got I got the boots on, you know. Oh yeah, are you on an ATV? Fuck yeah, I am. All right, you definitely take the award for like the coolest fucking place we've interviewed anybody so far. Don's over here like, fuck yeah. you, I'm in, I'm in my goddamn house. You're on an ATV in Alaska, you dick. Yeah, <laughs> in the, in the middle like, of nowhere. I've known Dave for Dave and I know each other way, way before the bread. That's a story for another time. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I've been explaining that David goes to Alaska to collect reindeer antlers <laughs> for a long time. And I'm used to it because I know the context, right? Yeah. I know the background and it doesn't sound strange to me. So I forget that when I say, when people ask like, oh, what's Dave up to? And I'm like, oh, he's a laughing, getting his antlers. But I don't understand how bizarre that comes off to the uninitiated. <laughs> That's a hell of a story, dude. I'm going to like make a compilation oh, yeah. video <laughs> just straight up reacting. Oh, so what's David? Because, you know, we got a lot of friends in common. We've been doing yeah. this for a while. Like, who don't, like I said, the, the uninitiated. <laughs> Dude, we, had a, we had a friend in college. His name was Artie. And me and my bass player, Ken, uh, were, like, roommates in college. And uh, Artie has no fashion sense. The one night, he bumped into a dude's girlfriend, and the dude came over and was like, yo, where the, where the fuck is that guy? Who is that guy? And we're like, oh, man, that's Artie. Like, and they're like, well, what's he look like? And we're like, he's wearing a wolf T-shirt with a Phillies jacket on top and plaid shorts. And the guy looked at us and dead up and said, Artie's not real. Like, give me what the fuck is it? And then, and then Artie, and then Artie walked over in the wolf, t like a howling wolf T-shirt from like Kmart and a Billy's jacket and plaid shorts, and he's like, "Oh my God, Artie's real!" Like, what the fuck? And I leave, I leave you guys on the Artie story. Uh, John, David, it's been fucking great. Beautiful. Finally man. getting to talk to you guys, and uh, best of luck with everything. We definitely want to have you guys on for round two, and uh, stay safe out there, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Definitely. Time. Thanks. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate All right, boys. You, great to meet you. All right, so that was our interview with the Brevet. Great guys. Go check out their music. They just dropped a couple new singles, and they're popping on the uh, the Spotify playlist. So those boys are doing great out there. Uh, once again, we have our interview with Kenny Carkeet coming up later this week. Uh, to end the episode, we're going to go into our coronavirus survival guide for the week. I just want to start this out by saying rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman because that hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm a huge Marvel guy. We talk about it all the time on the podcast. Um, just an absolute legend. Great actor. Guy who basically suffered in silence and just had treatment for cancer for four years without telling anybody lost his battle tragically this week and uh just an absolute king like I, I will always remember him for for being t'challa and being black panther but had amazing roles as jackie robinson thurgood marshall uh he was james brown he had a great movie called 21 bridges 
just an absolute stud, and I uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to Chadwick Boseman. But uh, that kind of led me to thinking about what are other actors and characters you can't separate the two? Like, the, the one role defined them, and you'll always remember them for this. And uh, so that will be our Coronavirus Survivor Guide this week. Uh, we're each going to pick actors or actresses that we can't separate from the role, just our favorite actors, our favorite actresses, and the roles that they played. Uh, I'm going to start it out. Uh, I'm going Marvel once again, just because I'm a big Marvel guy. Uh, I'm going Chris Evans as Captain America. Just like forever, like that dude can do everything. He's been in great movies, but like he will always be Captain America. Like you can't separate the two. First off, my favorite Marvel movies are Captain America movies, but just like he perfectly embodied Captain America. And, and I, that'll always be yeah. my. Yeah, that's tough when you get the perfect casting choice. And it's Seriously. Kind of, it was just like his breakout role, kind of. Yeah, right? well, I mean, he was uh, not another teen movie. And then he was actually the first incarnation on, in movies of uh, the, flame, the Human Torch. Uh, he was in the original. Oh, uh, Fantastic Four movies yeah. with Jessica Alba. Oh. Crazy, right? And then Marvel recast him as Captain America and he'll be remembered forever for that. So that's my first pick. Uh, Ken, go for your first pick. I'll keep it in the superhero realm, not Marvel, but I mean, Tobey Maguire is always oh, going Spider- Spider-Man. Uh, see, that's so. so crazy because like, to, to us, he will always be yeah. Spider-Man because those were the biggest movies ever at the time. Yeah. But for this whole new generation of kids, like Tom Holland is or, like. So I guess there's some weirdos out there. I think James Garfield. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> James Garfield was a president, dog. <laughs> oh, shit. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> James, yeah, James yeah. A, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, James Garfield is Spider Man banger, dude. No, Andrew Garfield was. He got in a bad situation because Sony was making those movies and they sucked. But I mean, Tobey Maguire. It was the first incarnation, and I totally agree. Like, because Tim McGuire's been in a lot of movies too, but like, you'll always remember him as Spider Man. Yeah, he was great as Sea Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually read for the role of Sea Biscuit, and they're like, "Yeah, you're going to be the jockey." Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> sir, you don't really embody a horse to me, but you can sit on top of him. Uh, Eric, what's your first pick? Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. Ah, that's a great that's one. A that, one. And that poor uh, yo, that poor dude went and, and like he's been doing a lot of goofy roles recently. Like he just did dude, yeah. Kimmy Schmidt and stuff, and then he has his show on TBS. Dude, there's nothing Kimmy you can Schmidt's do. So funny, dude. You will always be Harry Potter. Always. He was I seen him in this movie about like it was so fucking weird. Like it was this kind of like 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 it was shot as this kind of like really dramatic kind of like teen like love story with like death involved and shit and Daniel Radcliffe like has horns <laughs> on his head. Uh, I'm sold. Which <laughs> Harry Potter is that? Harry Potter 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like so weird and I was just like you're Harry Potter, dude. I was like, yeah, dude, expelli armas. Like. <laughs> the fuck dude. up with your horns. Yeah, yeah. that that that's you a dumbass. Great, that's a great pick. Go vanquish the Dark Lord. <laughs> Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort. Voldemort. Uh, okay, so my second pick, uh, I picked Jamie Foxx. And first off, a guy who's had a million great roles. He had his own TV show. It was great. He's always going to be Ray Charles. He's always going to be Ray. Yeah, because that was his big breakout. That was his coming out party. That still, to me, is the greatest biopic ever done. And he just, he went full method. Like, he became Ray Charles. And he play, he sang all the songs. He played, like, he was unbelievable as Ray Charles won an Oscar for it and like every time I see him now I just think about Ray like because I just love that movie and I love Jamie Foxx but I mean when I think about him the first thing I think about is Ray so that that to me was like when I was thinking about people he was like one of my first picks makes sense so uh Ken what's your second this is probably gonna go with the our generation 
But every time I see The Rock, <laughs> I knew he was going to pick The Rock. rock. <laughs> Any movie he's in. Like, the Rock is yeah. just The Rock. He's never going to be Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. No. Like, I can watch the movie. I'm like, all right, where's, where's the ring rock? Where, Triple H is going to come out. We're going to fight him in SummerSlam. Uh. <laughs> like, no matter what, like he's in, he's in Jumanji playing another character, and you're like, man, The Rock looks this, great this as The Rock. He's just playing the long game, and it's going to yeah. tie back to him fighting John like, Cena. Yeah, there, there will never be a role where The Rock is like, like a full method actor, like, like he can't really play someone as like a, a biopic. Like The Rock is The Rock; he's unreplaceable. Like, like The Rock, ginormous. Yeah, so. yeah. Like the The Rock could never go and play like Eddie Murphy in a movie. You know what I mean? Like Eddie Murphy's biopic starring <laughs> The Rock. That new DC villain. I'm like The Rock can't be a villain. No, but he's literally The Rock. He just looks he's like The Rock in a costume. In a superhero suit. Yeah. yeah. Fuck out of here. Where is my super suit? <laughs> <laughs> All right, E. What's your second pick? All right, ready? Yeah, I win. Uh, Russell Crowe as Maximus. Decimus Meridius. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. That's a great pick. Yeah. Can't. I don't even know who Russell Crowe is. Yeah, he's just like, Maximus. <laughs> I am if I saw Russell Crowe's chair, I'd be like, I'd be like, what we doing? Like, goes in eternity. <laughs> He'd be like, fuck yeah, brother. Yeah. I am Maximus Decimus yeah, Meridius. Brother. Father to a murdered son. Husband to a murdered wife. Right, commander of the armies of the north. I will have my revenge in this life or the next. Yeah, Avengers. I agree with that. That's a great pick, eh? Uh, my last pick is actually three picks in a weird way. Okay. Uh, I pick Kevin Costner uh, as all of his characters in his baseball movies because he's just been he's <laughs> always he's always a character in a baseball movie. So I actually have three picks here. I have him as Crash Davis from Bull Durham. I have him as uh oh my god, Ray Kinsella from uh, Field of Dreams, and I have him as Billy Chapel from For the Love of the Game. He's just the same character. He's just Kevin Costner playing a baseball character. So Kevin Costner in a baseball uniform. Yeah, basically pick. is my pick. And I love, dude, I love Kevin Costner in baseball movies. Like, guilty pleasure of mine. I don't know if it's guilty pleasure necessarily, but no. uh, yeah, that that was my third pick. And I, by the way, we talked about this before. I have seven honorable mentions. So, uh, Ken, go next. Well, you know my last one. Not to throw, oh, not, yeah. to, not to throw water on your third pick. <laughs> no, because I have seven more. No, this isn't fair though, because Ken, I know Ken's pick. It's Vin Diesel as Don Toretto. <laughs> you know, it's like the rock. You mean you see Vin Diesel in any movie? It's like, all right, where's his muscle car? I pray yeah. to God that I Family. love. I pray to God that I find something in my life that I love as much as Ken loves the best of Where's their sick? Like billion dollar garage, the CIA yeah. Yeah. database. Even was, what's his other big role besides Groot? I guess. Yeah, I'm. Uh, oh, Triple X. Triple X, which is just Fast and Furious. It is without the cars. Rebranded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically true. So yeah, that's. I mean, uh, when we were like texting about what this was, and I was like, yeah, like Ken will pick Dom Toretto from Fast yeah. and the Furious. Uh, e, what's your third? I went again. <laughs> <laughs> uh Peter Dinklage as Tyrion. Oh, That's okay. Really all right. I'm just. I'm not even trying to shit on you, but it's not a movie. Fuck you. They're all movies. All right. So t- yeah, that's true. I guess they're all an hour long. So, uh, yeah. That I mean, whole thing is the best movie ever made. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. It just has the worst ending ever. Hours long. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We talked about this. Already. <laughs> really no, that's a, that, that's a good pick. Because I, I mean, Tyrion. Do you think Tyrion is the best character on that show? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's certainly in contention. He's complex has one of the better arcs i would think yeah yeah for sure yeah and he's just like his like outlook within that like his the the outlook of his character at shit is like really fucking awesome um like in that you know universe and stuff yeah i agree thank you 
Uh, all right, so <laughs> let me let me go into my uh, honorable mention here. If anybody has any others that they'd like to throw in, that's just you. Uh, okay, uh, I picked Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump. Although I feel like he could be a uh, bunch of different characters. A lot of shit. Yeah. Castaway. Right, I mean, second one. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is uh, another one. Another another one that I have is actually Harry Potter related, and it's Emma Watson as Hermione Granger. Weaker on that the third. What? Get out of here! <laughs> uh, these are honorable mentions, Eric and Ken. I would have won Draco Malfoy, Tom Felton over. Well, Draco. I don't know who Tom Felton is. Brief cameo. Draco Malfoy. Br- yeah, brief cameo. And get in the degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's also in Planet of the Apes. I think he was mean to the monkeys. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Uh, I have Bitch. Hillary Swank as the Chicken Million Dollar Baby. Popped out the catcher. <laughs> I hate you, yo. <laughs> All right, uh, let me keep going here. Uh, Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman. She's done a million movies. I don't She'll know enough of. Yeah, I'm not familiar with her work enough. Richard yeah. Gere, uh, and then I have, I have Tom Cruise as Maverick from Top Gun. I agree. See that that was gonna uh, okay. be my third pick. Right. Or fucking one. what's his name? Uh, Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. No, um, what's, what's I forget his fucking name. And it's a few good men. Or not a few good men. Is it a few good men? With yeah, Jack? with with yeah. Jack Nicholson. I don't know. I don't know his character's name. I don't know either. What about uh, um, Mel Gibson for Braveheart? He, we disavow Mel Gibson. Who's Mel Gibson? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My point. Uh, one that. Uh, uh, what else do I have written down here? Oh, so this was one I was thinking about. Like great actors. I thought about Robert De Niro, and I think his most famous character is probably probably Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. Okay. I mean, that's a classic. Al Pacino for Scarface. I mean, well, what about was what was the football movie he was in? <laughs> Any given Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, it's a great movie, but like I'm, I, I, it's it, it's Scarface. You know, he was in The Godfather one and two. I will say, um, uh, it's not the movies, but James Gandolfini for the Sopranos. So, yeah, well, I thought TV could be a whole other one because it's true. like John Hamm as as Don Draper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. but James Gandolfini would probably be my pick for TV. Yeah. Uh, did I have any other ones written down here? Like, it was funny because oh. Denzel Washington as Alfonso from Training Day. Like he's been in a million great movies, but he will always be remembered yeah, for Training also, Day. I think remember the title. Book of Eli. <laughs> Did you you saw the book of Eli with my brother? I remember that. I think you remember wrong. No, I don't <laughs> because I think it's the first time Matt smoked weed. That was Yo, no. I wasn't there the, the first bus time. There. <laughs> no, I was. Yeah, piece of shit. <laughs> I'm smoking right now. <laughs> nah, All right, roast Malone. The first time I smoked. Me and Maddie. Me and Maddie and Chris went and seen uh, Harry Potter, Half Blood Prince. I think <laughs> you saw Harry Potter and the yeah. the Dude, and the Sorcerer's Stone when Dude, you were six. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was Half time Blood travel. Prince. Literally, yeah, uh, we fucking Half Blood we Prince. smoked like behind. <laughs> We were smoking like behind the Chamonix Mall, and this is my first time ever smoking weed. And we walked out, and like there's this outbuilding, and then the mall. We walked past the building, literally like walked past the edge of the building. There's two cops sitting right there. <laughs> two cops. I was like, I wasn't even like panicked. I was just like, dude, are you fucking kidding? I was just like, what are the fucking odds? Like, I'm going to jail forever, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like ran into the movies. Like, <laughs> is there anybody else that we're missing? They were like, just- why is that fat kid running? <laughs> Uh, is there anybody else we're missing? I like, would say Elijah Wood. Would oh, been. that's oh. a good one. Sharp. From downtown for three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a good, well. Sean Astin. I would say him as Rudy. Like he'll always be remembered as Rudy. Yeah, he was a steroid he was guy. Sam as well. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was Sam. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Underrated. Stranger Things. Oh, uh, yeah. who's the guy who? Uh, oh, oh God, I forgot about this. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Yeah, that's definitely one. Yeah. Um, 
Does Leonardo DiCaprio have one, or is he just kind of a bunch of roles? No, he's been, a, I think, a renaissance man. He's just been in so many good movies. That's kind of a generational thing, I think, where your first Leo movie might be... Well, Titanic would be, probably be people to think about, but yeah. like he's been in a million blockbusters since. Brad Pitt doesn't have one either. Even Meryl Streep, like as great as great of an actress as she is, like I, there's not one role to me that I'm like defines her. Maybe that just shows how good of an actress she is. Very unfamiliar. And yeah, Eric's not a big movie guy. Yeah. You want to talk about Led Zeppelin again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's gonna wrap up episode 38. Uh, we're gonna be back for episode 39 on Thursday with Kenny Carkeet. Uh, guys, any last words? Oh yeah. By the way, Ken, shout out for the Blake Bortles T-shirt. Thank you. Seven bucks. Seven bucks. Money well spent, dude. Blake of the year. Only got seven. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Fuck you. We love you.